0: There is an accusation, which is oftentimes hurled by secularists at religious people. They say the worst offenses in the world are committed in the name of religion. After all, it is only due to fanatical dedication to a cause that people risk their lives and the lives of others, and it is only in the name of of such fanatical devotion that people commit horrible atrocities such as abusing the adherents of their religion or cult. Now we Yidden, we disavow all association with such cults, such religious denominations and it is also clear when the Torah system is lived healthy and balanced that we share nothing in common with those who abuse religion and commit such atrocities in the name of Hashem. I would like to tease out this idea that this avowal of all association with such people from our parsha, not simply By developing a Vard, a thought from a piece of our Parsha, but by doing something much grander, by revealing the overall theme of our Parsha. The true Chachman learning a Parsha is to appreciate how all its pieces come together, how its passages are not disparate mitzvahs or disparate storylines, but to, so to speak, See the master plan of the parsha and how each of the individual parts of the parsha coalesce and, so to speak, come together as a piece of music, as a rhythm. So, what is the big picture theme of parshas Re? Well, towards the beginning of our parsha, the parsha introduces the notion of a base hamikdash. A grand centralized place of Oydas Hashem. A palatial structure as opposed to the mobile Mishkan, which B'nai Yisrael ha- originally have. The Torah speaks of Makumasha Asher Yifchar Hashem L'Shakin Shmo. That one place he will choose to establish his name, L'Shich Sidrashu, and we will seek out that place. When we jump forward to the end of the parasha, the Torah again deals with the Beis Hamikdash and refers to it through the very same words, "Makom Asher Yivcha Hashem Shmo. And it tells us at the end of the, our parasha, in the passage of Aser to Aser, that this Base HaMekdash is a place where we will bring karbonos, where we will bring the Meisr Sheni, the tithes, which are to be eaten in, in Yerushalayim close to the Beis HaMekdash. And the Parsha ends with the mitzvah of Ali Liragel, the fact that on the three regalim, all males are to ascend to that Beis HaMekdash and spend time with Hashem. So here we have in front of us the bookends of the Parsha clearly identified. It opens towards the beginning with the Beis HaMekdash, introducing the notion of a specific place of. Avodas Hashem, and it ends with the mitzvahs to be performed in the Beis Hamikdash. Now, Beis HaMikdash, generally translated as temple, immediately carries associations with the temples of the of those other religions. What is, does not that word temple evoke such things in your consciousness? Chalila, the idolatrous temples, the pagan temples. And the parsha makes it very clear from from the onset, from its onset, that our temple, our Bashamikdash, is to be very different from their temples. Because the Pasik says that at the beginning of the Parsha, after discussing the Kenanim's temples, which are to be destroyed, Don't act. Like, like they do in their temples. Have one centralized place of avodas Hashem, do not have many, many temples, and the threat of the worship of many different gods and different temples, that is how Rashi renders that the opening passage of our Parsha, differentiating between their temples and, and ours, Specifically in terms of their many temples and our one temple. But I would suggest there's more to it than that. There's more going on here than the distinction between our one base hemekdash and their many temples. There is a deeper division being drawn between our base hamekdash and theirs, and on a deeper level, our notion of organized avodha and their notion of organized religion. Do not draw any association. Because as we said before, healthy Torah life lived as Moshe taught it to us. It is those so different? It is in a different stratosphere than those other religious cults and the like? And this is borne out. This understanding is borne out from an echo in our parasha. Because later on in our Parsha, it speaks of Avodah Zara and various idolatrous practices. And it repeats the same phrase which it used earlier regarding the one base Hamekdosh versus the many temples of the nations. Losasim king, don't do so, don't have your temple like theirs. It uses that same term in a broader context. When it says as follows in Yud Beis, Pasuk Lamed Alph, Do not serve Hashem the way they serve their gods. To read the earlier Pasuk, Do not be lured by pagan rites and try to apply them towards the service of Hashem. And it uses that same phrase, Do not do so, Echoing of the earlier Losasan phrase in our Parsha. It's very clear the Parsha is expanding upon the theme of drawing distinctions between our temple and their temples, our religious rites and their religious rites, and don't fall prey to the temptation to conflate organized religion as in a centralized temple, ours with theirs. There is no association. Any association is skin deep in terms of the fact that we have rituals, they have rituals, we have a temple, they have a temple. But the soul, the meaning of what's going on is fundamentally different. And the Pesach continues here. Perak Yibbez, Pesach, After saying Lusasan came, it says, because after all, Kikol toavas Hashem asher sani Everything which is despicable to Hashem they do in worship of their gods. They burn their children alive in worship of their, of their gods. The most perverse behavior, everything which is anathema to Hashem, a loving Hashem, Hashem who is himself a vinu. That most loving parent, who we in turn seek to mimic and imitate as loving parents to our own children. Well, from that perspective, the notion of killing one's child for, the God to, for in worship of the gods is ludicrous. But that's what they do. Because they perceive their gods not as loving beings, but as overlords. Almighty overlords. With selfish interests, who the adherents feel a need to pay off with tributes. That's what their sacrifice is about. Not about the avodah of Hashem, a loving God, who seeks that we draw near to him through karbon, literally translated as in coming close. Uh, one can so easily mistake our karbonus with our sacrifices, our temple with their temple when it's only an analogy which is skin deep, when one only studies the physical behavior and not the meaning, not the focus, not the message. And this is the big theme of our parasha. Do not conflate us with them. The notion of our religions are fundamentally different. And this is not only true in terms of, per se, our carbonos and those carbonos. Animal worship on the like on their part versus our sacred, relationship-based avodah. But it is true in general. The sensitivities, the meanings of all mitzvahs reflect something very, very different than the rituals of such cults. And this is why I suggest in yet another textual echo, the Torah later talks Again, about Toeva, just as it spoke of their child worship in the above side of Pusk and called it Toeva, abomination Tasham. Later, it speaks of abomination in our parish. So the laws of Cassius, when it speaks of how we eat differently, avoid the Toevos, avoid the abominations, the food abominations of other peoples of the world. It seems to me in this textual echo, Reiterating Talev in our parsha, the parasha suggesting that just as regarding the former abomination of Hashem, the notion of child sacrifice, it is so clear that their rituals are fundamentally different than ours in their meaning, and we ought not conflate them. Well, all mitzvot, be it the laws of kashras, or be it other mitzvot, when understood properly, reflect a fundamentally different perspective about life, about God, about man. For example, in the laws of Kashos, the dignity of the eating process, the Kedusha of achilah, reflects how the adherents of Yiddishkeit are being elevated to a sacred position, living a physical life and eating and enjoying life, but yet in a fashion which is elevating, which is spiritually attractive, never denigrating ourselves. to the beastly position of eating, which is so true of the pagans and really the beastly instincts of so many people who commit travesties in the name of, Of religion, because ultimately, Yiddishkeit is not really a religion in the conventional conventional sense. Yiddishkeit is all about a bris, a covenant, a relationship with Hashem, love, becoming one with Hashem. The discipline of Yiddishkeit is simply a focusing effort to draw near it carries none of the associations, the abusive associations we have of what certain religious denominations impose on their adherents. And in this vein, we appreciate the Pasek in our Parsha, a final passage which I will cite, which in line with the greater theme we're developing from the Parsha talks about yet an additional way. We are to distinguish ourselves with the foreign peoples and their rituals and cults. When it says, It says, Unlike the Canaanim, who you will find, who mutilate themselves when their relatives die. They pull out their hair. They slash cuts in themselves. Notice that despite the fact that they are deeply religious, they are deeply devoted to their gods, they are left without a coping mechanism, how to deal with death. They feel abandoned at the time of death, at the time of death of their nearest and dearest. And that's why they mutilate themselves. You should not do that, says our Torah. Why? Because, your children of Hashem, which I would interpret in the following fashion. You're children of Hashem. Even when you Skirmish with tragedy in life. You face the most difficult circumstances. The loss of closest relatives. You know that you're loved. You're bonah l'asham If there's anything that if there's anything that Yiddishkeit did for you, it gave you the coping mechanism, how to deal with struggle, because you know bonah l'asham How different from the other religions, where the rituals of those religious denominations and cults reflect that they feel abandoned when facing down tragedy. Because any association between us and them is really false, is certainly a misunderstanding which comes from superficial comparison. We do religious rituals, they do religious rituals which is really no different than saying pagans eat lunch and we eat lunch, and that's about where it ends in comparison. The fact that we have a God and they have a God, well, the entire notion of what a God means, and is it a loving God, or is it a cruel tyrant who you need to pay off with, with tributes, well, that's a whole different definition, a whole different meaning to what a God means. It's a whole different definition to what mitzvahs mean. Is it drawing close, as in our case, or is it paying off a vengeful God of Wrath with tributes? So we dare not conflate them with us. Let's stand proud of our Yiddishkeit and how it's elevating, how it's impressive. Baruch Hashem. We do not need to be on the defensive at all when the secularists hurl at us the question, well, you know the worst travesties in the world are committed in the name of religion. We share nothing in common with those who pervert religion. In a sense, we are not engaged in religion in the classical sense. We are pursuing. Elevating, fulfilling, meaningful relationship, Tasha. Powerful idea. and powerful to see how our parsha coalesces around a uniform, relevant and meaningful theme.